Welcome to another deep dive episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the attitude era of WWE 20 years later. As always, I am your host, Aaron Benoit, and I'm joined as always by our wrestling historian, Bobby Hankinson. Hello. And uh, unfortunately experiencing this all for the first time, Eric Silver. Happy to be on the podcast where uh, no animals were hurt in the recording of it. Oh, don't be so don't, don't be so quick to uh, promise that, Eric. You never know how this recording. Oh God, do we do we have to take Carly uh, <laughs> Carly Ray Jepsen away from Bobby? I don't think we can even joke about that on this episode. First Trigger. off, Carly Ray Jepsen is the name of Bobby's actual dog. It came with that name. Uh, just correct. in case you, you are not on his Instagram or especially his husband's Instagram. Um, that is true. That but is today, true. today we were talking about a day that went down in infamy. We were talking about the interactions between Al Snow and the big boss man, including Al Snow Dog Pepper. Did I just say Al Snow Dog Pepper? Al okay. Snow Dog. Snow, Snow Dog 5, Pepper. Yes. <laughs> I would watch Al Snow and Cuba Gooding Jr. trapped in a cabin together and teaming up with some dogs. Did the dogs talk in that movie? Well, uh, it's a Disney movie, so yeah, I yeah, think so. Probably, probably. I, I, you know, that gives more meaning to uh, to Al Snow having helped me written on his on his forehead. <laughs> Guys, this is my WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a there's a there's a legend that that is sort of surrounding this the inspiration for this and I, I've consulted multiple sources and they all have conflicting uh, stories. However, what stays consistent is the wrestler Mister Fuji uh, was infamous for his ribs because they would be not just ribs they would just be actual they'd go into pranks and then from pranks into like actual cruelty. <laughs> Uh, oh, I thought you meant like he was infamous for his barbecue ribs. Oh, no, he had some no, amazing. I was speaking. I was speaking wrestler, wrestler Carney. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right, right. And talking about ribbing, uh, and he was known for these really sadistic. Mr. Fuji's famous ribs. <laughs> that does sound like some pl- like a place that that exists in St. Louis, right? Yeah, they they hold up the plate, and someone your waiter just throws salt in, in on the ribs. Oh right! Like they they do a Benihana rib thing. <laughs> they they like they flip the the ribs to you. I don't know if that's racist or not. I'm not sure what we're doing. Well, uh, I was doing Mr. Fuji used to throw salt in the opponent's eyes. So he oh, that makes more jokes. sense than what I were than than where I was yeah. going with this. Okay, yeah, never Eric's mind. A racist turns out. See, I was just thinking that Eric was a to seeing it, and he went to Salt Bay, and then he was thinking that sort of uh, cooking with flair. That that's how I was following that tracking that convo. Wow, I was just I was thinking of like like what would what would a place in St. Louis that was called Mister Fuji's Ribs like how would they uh, how would they uh, square that circle not as it well, were right like well, not well probably right not well. they'd be like we need we need to be Japanese themed what can we do I and sorry Bobby we'll get back to what I'm sure is an amazing story in a second I went to go visit. Um, a friend of ours when he lived in South Carolina and we went to the Japanese steakhouse. But since South Carolina has famously very few Asian people, I had a white Japanese steakhouse server 
who adopted an Asian accent as he was no. preparing the food, and I felt gross <sighs> and bad about it the entire time. Oh, wow. no. Wow. I think I would have to get up and go. I don't think I could do it. Well, Aaron, thank you, thank you for sharing. That was very brave. <laughs> that it is... was too... And Aaron, Aaron, Aaron was like, "You're not even doing it right." Here's how you. Here's how it would be racist. It was 2005. We had yet to see Borat. We we hadn't really figured out a lot of things out yet. Wow. How was the steak? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I probably got a. Uh... I'm. I was fam- famous for the the shrimp and scallop combination at the the japanese steakhouse oh okay i i don't remember um (laughs) so bobby bobby who famously famously loves pranks mr fuji's famous ribs that he was starting this story and he was not allowed to finish (laughs) we got there we got there in such a way right Like, just, it was just like, you know, immediate, like, uh, the first thing that pops in your head. Immediate associations. Okay, go on. Okay. So, what's consistent across all versions of this story is that Mr. Fuji feeds somebody a dog. A legit, this literally happening, just basically real life situation. Some say it was Jimmy Snooker because he owed him money. Some say it was a neighbor that he had trouble with. And some say that it was just, like, the guys in the back, the wrestlers in the back, to, like, fool them all. Uh, including Jimmy Snooker might have been one of them. But I've heard, like, three variations on the same story, but it is a sort of a, a famous story. The same way as, like, uh, someone's shitting in Sable's bag. Like It's just, like, one of those stories that the plane ride from hell, there's, like, a bunch of these that sort of, like, float around the wrestling ether. Uh, and that is one of them that was the inspiration for what we're talking about here today. And now... No, when you say there are variations on the story, my the variation would probably be he did feed the guy a dog, or he just told the guy he fed a dog. But everyone agrees that Mister Fuji did in fact serve somebody a dog. Yes, that it was definitely a dog, and he did serve it. It's just it's more of the who. It's not the what; it's the who. Right. Oh, and no, maybe there's okay. Why. There's maybe so the many. Why. But here, here, here's my thing about this. Um. You know, like, in, I think when it comes to wrestling and wrestling lore, I don't know if, like, the amount of confirmation you get from different sources adds or detracts from the potential veracity of it. Like, I feel like I'm about to go into my, like, Bruce Wayne in, like, in early Detective Comics and be like, wrestlers are a superstitious lot. (laughs) Uh, You know, they, like, I, I feel like there is... You know, a lot of them are coming from different backgrounds and are a little bit more, uh, you know, sometimes less worldly or a little bit more, let's just say, bigoted. So I could I, I could very easily imagine one person saying, oh, yeah, I heard he fed him dog and then being like, did you hear about Mr. Fuji feeding dog? And like everyone's like, well, we know he fed dog. We just don't remember who it was to. You know what I mean? Like, eh, no, it, this seemed pretty specific. And it, and it seems it seemed in line with something that guy would do, yeah. Uh, as a human, yeah. wrestlers as as a whole are are a group that hearing that one of them fed another a dog as a prank. I don't know who that's a prank on. Probably the the dog, but but also um, I think uh, in like the carny tradition, there's pro- there's like a thing about like uh, honor. You know what I mean? They wouldn't like lie almost. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like okay, uh, okay. We'll do blackface, but we are never going to lie. Yeah. yeah uh, 
Okay, but what about okay? There was um, there. I was going to talk about this if we ever did an episode of Wrestlers Court, but there was like a whole um, there's a whole wrestlers there was a Wrestlers Court episode with Edge and Christian where essentially they had like become friendly with a writer, and you know like they were just you know they just kind of like hung out with the writer and they were like yeah you know like we talked about things I think like. They got, like, one of them got a, an action figure of, like, the Flash, and, like, he wasn't going to keep it, and he was like, oh, I know this writer likes the Flash, let me give it to him. And all of a sudden, that, like, that whole thing, and so then they like, fed became... the writer a dog? Well, no, it, it, no, it literally became, it literally became, like, uh, we heard that, that, like, you guys went out to Long Island to, uh, to, and had matzo ball soup with this writer and his mother, and we don't like that you're buttering up to the writers, and we're gonna, we're gonna hold you on trial for this. And like, let's put aside the fact that there's something vaguely anti-Semitic going on in that accusation, but like, the, you know, like, I think with, you know, they're, I don't know if it's lying or if it's just like sometimes things get exaggerated and sometimes yeah, it goes through a game know. of telephone. Yeah, but that's like if there's like a I, I could see that happening, but I don't see that happen persisting for like forty years later in retrospect, like in people's books and stuff. You know what I mean? Like I could see it as like yeah, maybe at the time. I, I mean, yeah, there, there's always going to be hearsay, but I think especially like uh, from these resources that from these like conversations that are like retrospectives, they do they usually do a lot of like yeah, that one was bullshit. He never did that, or that never happened. Or that actually that was a that was a work, um, but I think but this, like where is he getting where is he gonna get dog meat from? Do you think he like he like bought a dog, killed, butchered a dog? Like he knows how to how to like break it break a dog down? Like I'm gonna you know? say I'm gonna say yes actually. <laughs> wow. All right, go on, go on. Let's let let so um so that's where it came from so the, uh. That's the apocryphal, I will say apocryphal story that Mr. Fuji fed dog to somebody. And I will say completely on the record that he 100% fed someone a dog. (laughs) And now we shall split the podcast in half. (laughs) Good. That's that's how the podcast should be. Um, Yeah, that's, that's where we're at with this. Okay. And where we're at with the story is that the head gimmick has got has basically been going for for long enough now that it needs a rest um and the big boss man drove a spike through head's head and al snow has been tormented by voices and that's where our story picks up on july 26th with al backstage head has the railroad spike through her or they i think uh he actually refers to it as they later on um, and he's muttering, it's got to stop, as one of those famous arena dogs that just roam backstage of arenas shows up. Yeah. Just a loose, just a loose chihuahua, purebred chihuahua with, with no tags or collar. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I love Al Snow. I always appreciate what he's doing. Uh, sometimes, I think, in the... You know, as you as you zoom in on the details, you, you kind of lose me a little bit. Uh, you know, so like I don't know. I, when I was watching these early parts, I was just like, okay, uh, this is a little weird. Uh, you know, strange vignettes. I wasn't sure where he was going with this, but I guess it's this is how he found Pepper. Did you, Eric? Did you? Was there a certain point where you saw where this story was coming? 
And I guess you can bring that up as it happens, but just wondering. Um, not exactly. I mean, I knew that. Uh, I I knew something. I knew obviously, Bossman. Okay, we'll we'll talk about when we get there. But like when Bossman was apologizing, I knew it wasn't a real apology. I think probably everybody knew that. <laughs> I didn't. Um. I, I think only like moments before the reveal, I probably I was like, oh, I see this, you know. But I didn't I didn't know early, early, early. So yeah, so the vignettes continue, and on the August second episode of Raw, Al tries to flush head down the toilet, um, giving him a swirly, and we're up to like twenty seconds of screen time for these pepper vignettes. So on the August 9th episode, um, Bossman comes out having won the Hardcore title at Fully Loaded. If you uh, want to, you can check out our review of that versus Road Dog. Um, and I do really admire the WWF for including all of their dog-themed wrestlers in this storyline. Me too. I did appreciate that as yeah. well. It felt like a cinematic universe like crossover. Like the pound puppies <laughs> meeting up I'm, with, you know, Paw Patrol or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised the junkyard dog wasn't called out of retirement like we need you for one last mission. Um, but Road Dog gets driven through a table, but then um, Al Snow comes in and hits the big boss man with the dog carrier that certainly 100% definitely totally has a dog inside of it. Yeah, it's because Mr. Fuji did it once to somebody, so that's where he got the idea. I heard that. I heard that from from several it's, people. It's, many people are yeah, saying. Yeah, it's a true thing. Many people are <laughs> many saying. People. Well, they're saying it could have be, been a different dog in the kennel, but we're all saying there definitely was a dog, a dog in a kennel somewhere. <laughs> I don't know which segment it was, but like, I just it gets to a point where the road dog starts saying things where I'm like, I don't even think he knows what he's saying anymore. <laughs> Like the B to the O to the B to the double to the we're double to the roll double. Some fat bones, and I was like, "Wait, as someone who smokes a lot of weed, like I don't, I don't know if you know what you're saying." <laughs> well, on the on the following week, on the the August 16th episode of Raw, we've got Road Dog versus Al Snow, and it shows that Road Dog has has made it. He's on the cover of WWF magazine, and I just sent it to you. Sent you the picture in the chat. Where he looks like he 100% sits in the front seat of his car and records videos with a front-facing camera. Oh my god. Well, yes. he's, he's got the sunglasses for it, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, it's so, it's like, I think he had to, he had to adopt this, like, intense, like, the way that Road Dog created his look, to me, is like, um, when... You see, like, when they used to have that show on VH1, like, it was called, like, The Game or whatever, where it was a, it was these, like, guys who were bad with girls, like, learning how to peacock. Yeah, the pickup artist or whatever. Yeah, pickup artist, right, with mystery. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 like, right now you're, right now you're just a normal-looking guy, but what if you got a bunch of cornrows? A furry top or hat. Or cargo sweatpants. What's that? A furry top hat. <laughs> I mean, they right. Were... That's how you become draws. 
I mean, they, they, he's writing that women won't be able to look away from you, but they won't enjoy it. Yeah, it, 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 it's a choice. I mean, everything about this photo that you shared is just, I don't understand why there's like a, uh, are they on like on a railroad tracks? Is there a train that goes through that house? Like what exactly kind of, what are they, what were they aiming to Photoshop here? Is there part of a yeah. JVC kaboom box at his feet? <laughs> That's what I was like, is that so, part of a submarine? What's happening? <laughs> so are we, are we going to share this for, for uh, listeners yeah, so sure. that they know what we're talking about? Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> or just go, I back, mean, just go otherwise. back to your back catalog and look for the, August September issue of WWF. <laughs> okay. First of all, it first of all it says dog days. They can't even they they really just don't want to use an S as a plural. Oh no. Uh, Eric, dog days of summer. Eric, there will be no S's for plurals for at least the next 3 years. Yeah. Uh and then so uh, I don't know. Okay, I know that the dog is standing on a pallet, like a one of those, like um, like like a warehouse pallet. It, it might be, but it very well might be a train track as well, because there is a railing on there that looks like it's trying to keep you off of the tracks. It, it, it's a railing that is. I think the the pallet is on whatever they're standing on. Maybe a small pedestrian bridge <laughs> that goes through a residential neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, like it could be. I mean, look, they could be in. Uh, this honestly, this could be where the original Night Stalker was, like you know, going through the back the back channels of and committing murders, but guys. Like. Guys, just imagine for a second. Close your eyes. Imagining opening your mailbox and pulling this out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's time for, you know, it's it's late August. You're like, ooh, the September issue of the WWF magazine should be here any day now. And then it arrives and it's this fucking picture staring back at you. <laughs> How are you supposed to feel as like a 14-year-old boy? It's like, I, oh, man, I this hope isn't that, cool. <laughs> I hope that there's a picture of Ivory kissing Tori on the cover. Wait, what the fuck is this <laughs> shit? Uh. <laughs> did Seriously, you get did you get it in the mail bobby i used to for sure yeah okay I, in a paper bag <laughs> i used to get it monthly when it because I, I started when it first came out and then i would get it and you, you send them a little postcard and whatever and then when it ran out I, I used to have to buy them at the grocery store uh, and i'd also pick up like the other i'd pick up like the the dirt sheets and whatever like all the the black and white paper pages uh all of those and even though i only understand like literally a third of it was that at the grocery store too? Like, yeah. uh, it was like right behind the Us Weekly. It, yep. Honestly, yes, literally was. It was very weird. Melt's I feel like weird. I Melt's also buy X Men comic books there too. It's like Pathmark had like X Men comic books and wrestling magazines. I was like, cool, a store just for me. <laughs> Meltzer set up a kiosk ah. right across from the Entenmann's. <laughs> yeah. I could pick up some like uh, you know salt and vinegar chips and uh, all my periodicals, all my microfiche. Right. This is this. This is the supermarket where Bobby went to pick up his whey protein uh, <laughs> and um, Axe body spray. Yeah, the the lo- the, the company store. <laughs> um, so Al Snow comes out holding Pepper, gives it to King, and before I can write down the King's crown looks like it's made of cheese, JR refers to it as a cheese crown. And almost immediately, the king makes a joke that Pepper peed on him. 
that he thinks is so funny. Mm, yeah. Was this the match where there were like a ton of run-ins? No, those uh, are later. Uh, the only thing that I've got from this is that Bossman uses the Nightstick on Al and Road Dog wins. Okay. He like he hits it on both of them, I think, and the Road Dog falls on top of him, I want to say. For this one? Uh, yes? I don't know. <laughs> details, details. Yeah. <laughs> I'm failing as a host. I'm sorry. Um... So then we went to SummerSlam 99, and you could check out our episode all about that one and that hardcore championship match, which ends with Al Snow being the hardcore champion. But now, Erica, the whole Al Snow having a dog at least makes a little bit more sense, even though Pepper's really only been on screen throughout these four episodes now for about 40 or 50 seconds. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad I got the, you know, I, I'm, I pride myself on being a completionist. Like I, I absolutely need to know what came before and after seeing it, I'm like, I didn't need to know. (laughs) He can, he can, he can show up with a camel tomorrow and I'd be like, okay, Mm -hmm. Al Snow has a camel. But I'd also trust Al Snow with a camel more than I'd trust other wrestlers to do, to do right by the camel. I wouldn't trust Big Boss Man with a camel, especially if he's offering to feed me a meal before he gives it back to me. This is like that uh, thing they were talking about on the internet where it's like, uh, two beers and a puppy. Would you have two beers with this person? Would you leave them with a puppy? It's like Al Snow, right. the Al Snow test is like, would you have two beers with him? Would you leave him with a camel? <laughs> <laughs> answer to both is yes. And answer yeah, to both for Boss Man is no. Oh my god, no. No. I'd have half a beer and then make up an excuse why I have to go. Oh, he would not let you either. You'd be holding an empty beer. You'd be holding your empty beer glass for a really long time so he won't stop talking. And you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, then I'm going to I'm gonna redo the porch. And you're like, fuck, fuck. Yeah, fucking Ray, man. Okay, though, I, 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 black I, hole. I could drop this little uh, boss man tidbit here that apparently he's such a nice guy and he felt really bad about being mean to the dogs and scaring them, like, throughout this whole storyline, so he'd always be, like, extra nice to them backstage beforehand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? Really <laughs> That's really funny. And he's, like, a nice Is he? Guy. So he, he's really a nice guy? I don't know. I mean... I, I I can't say personally, and you know how. This, I mean, because he I, does have he does have a Confederate flag tattooed on his arm. Eric, you know how these rumors spread in the wrestling world. So. <laughs> <laughs> but wrestlers are a, suspi- a superstitious lot. But let's say at least that he had a soft spot for animals. At, at the very least, okay. Let, let's say that, and he felt badly about having to sort of like uh, antagonize um, these these confused creatures. <laughs> I'm sure to the other wrestlers and to friends of his that may look like him, he's a nice guy. I'm sure the inmates in Cobb County, Georgia, would not think that he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe Maybe he was the nice prison guard. I don't know. The Confederate tattoo really does seem to tilt one way over the other, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. So then on August 23rd, it's Road Dog again, but I really appreciate Al just knocking him out while he was still doing his shtick. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think this is where I wrote lots of run-ins. I don't know. I, t- I take terrible notes. So <laughs> at the time, I just like have reactions and I don't say like what it, what is happening or what's it about. So this is okay. a hardcore match. This was um, Road Dog had uh, when he was following them around at SummerSlam, like the whole angle was he was going to face the winner of that. And this is his hardcore match. It has that weird spot where Al Snow Props the ladder against the ring and has his foot on it and tries to fall on Road Dog on a table and it just doesn't really work. Yeah, I wasn't sure even what they were going for even really there. But then you're right, Eric. There's uh, the Y2J countdown distraction in the middle and Y2J and Road Dog fight their way up the ramp as Boss Man attacks and grabs Pepper, jumps in a car and drives off. I really but before that, he. But before that, uh, Big Boss Man was just like, "Oh, who's a little guy? <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I'm so sad. I'm so sorry for what I'm about to do." Who loves these little puppy kisses? <laughs> Is there anyone else who really doesn't trust when these wrestlers have to drive off quickly in a car? Like you see them on camera jump in a car and drive, like like the acolytes throwing Midian into a trunk and then driving off in that same car really quickly. You say you don't trust it? I don't trust them to to handle like stunt driving. Like I trust them no, you shouldn't. in the ring, but this feels like they're going way too fast and and they're not trained for that. They always like- Yeah, no, if it were me, I I would like set the mirrors. I'd make sure <laughs> that like I just like I don't know how far away the seat is from like the last person. 10 and I 2. Just- they always, though, cut to the same, like, sort of, like, entry service ramp that you know they're just going to drive up about 20 feet. And the car's, like, the seats are warm. Everything's all turned on waiting for them. I was like, this doesn't feel thrilling. Like, there's, like, no risk of them not getting away. <laughs> the car is, like, warmed up for them and everything already. Like, you know, a fresh coat of paint. <laughs> and they go 15 feet up that stupid ramp. And you're like, and then what? And then, like, where did it go? Like, what? Were there no stoplights? Like, I don't understand what happened. Whose car was that? His car the whole time. Who was watching him while he was getting the dog? He no, left a car idled yeah. and open in, in this fucking service lot. We're definitely not entering like the French Connection territory, you <laughs> no. know. Like... And again, we shouldn't be. But the but the weirdest <laughs> right people almost died in the French Connection. The weirdest thing about this the the part of the segment to me is then we see Al Snow chasing him up the ramp. And then he goes backstage to ask people if they saw Bossman. Does he think that he came back? It's like, well, I guess no, usually they no, just do a loop. No, Bossman, you have my dog. <laughs> He's going to come back. He's going to come back, right? What? Oh, uh, um, the big Bossman? Yeah, I mean, he, he has a contract. So then we go to, and this was um, one of the things about this story is it is an integral part to some of these early episodes of SmackDown, which on August 26th makes its its actual premiere. We saw um, pieces of the pilot episode from back in, I want to say April, but now SmackDown is a full show. Um, and oh man, is it hard for me to keep track only watching the Raws. But on that inaugural SmackDown, Al Snow has a heartfelt plea to Boss Man. Says he's not a begging man, but he's begging you. And Boss Man says he wants a hardcore title match. Um, 
and says if he does not show up, he's going to take that dog to a gold dark place and show him what hard times are. Like a soup kitchen gonna, or a methadone. He's going to fuck the dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I think at this point was when I, I wrote, what is this story? This feels like a bad improv scene. Like not the not the that specific promo, but just like. It feel you know you, you know like when um when like you know you step out into a scene with somebody and like they've just like they just made a choice and they just they like they kind of get like like locked in in this like whirlpool of well all we're gonna do is talk about this one thing we're just gonna talk about the dog 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 and you're like holy shit how does how do we get out of this yeah we um. You got to rest the game a little bit, and there is no resting this game. Yeah, it was like it's literally like how everything we say has to has to find a way to be about the dog, and you know uh, there'll be a, a match. But man, if there isn't a match, I'm gonna fuck this dog. Like, <laughs> I I do have to say that when Pepper does come out and he's wearing a tiny muzzle. I thought it was one of the cutest things I'd ever seen. It's a re- I mean, you know, it's it's probably they got um they got Vader's mask guy to make the muzzle. <laughs> Today would be the fiend's mask. <laughs> oh man, if the fiend got a little dog that he brought out with him and the dog would change too. But get one of those like um, you know, like the Chinese crested, like the dogs that have like that look really crazy. Oh god, they're, they're oh, like, I hate those dogs. Yeah, yeah, they always win those like ugly dog contests or whatever. But that would be the perfect like dog for like Alexa Bliss, uh, Alexa Bliss to carry around in, like a little Dorothy basket. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so during the match, um, there was another weird ladder spot too, uh, that wound up with Bossman getting hit in the face with it, but that was dope. Um, yeah, but eventually Al gets the nightstick. Um. But when distracted by Pepper, wait, I've got this. Oh, I got it now. Um, Bossman is distracted by Pepper. Al gets the nightstick, hits him, but Bossman still takes Pepper. I can't believe a prison guard broke his word. Yeah, again, it's it's just more like fucking like amateur hour with this with this storyline. Like what? Like this is this is not compelling. <laughs> I'll tell you what's not amateur hour, though. Um, on the following Raw, on August 30th, Al is despondent, and he makes a whole bunch of flyers to pass out with um, Pepper's uh, Pepper's face on it and a phone number. Bobby, you want to tell whose phone number that was? The phone number for the one, the only, Val Venus. It was Val Venus's actual phone number, and Al Snow, just being the fucking best, Put Val Venus's real ass phone number on national television, and Val Venus's phone That's was really like funny. blowing. He had to get like a whole new phone. Like his voice bill was like totally, you know, packed full. That's a really funny joke. Um, but I had trouble. I I couldn't follow that because somebody was like loudly having sex. Yeah. What? First of all, you guys, I had such a panic because I'm watching this. You know. All right. Everyone listening, I'm sure, has the WWE network. Different tab. And knows, yes, <laughs> and, and knows how impossible it is to navigate. So, and every now and then it just logs you out. And I 
am a lunatic, and so my WWE password is the most annoying thing to ever type onto anything ever. And so to oh type God, it specifically... Try to type it onto a PlayStation. Girl, PlayStation, try typing it with an actual whole-ass TV remote into a television. <laughs> all, it's like, oh it's God. a nightmare. So, like, the other day I tried to put on... And it, you know, it just logs you out for no reason every now and then, just to keep you on your toes. And so I was like, fuck this, I'm logging in right now. I was like, pull up my computer, which, of course, I have 45,000 tabs open at all times, and at least six of which are definitely OnlyFans. So at any point, I was like, oh, no, what is that grunting? And I was, like, trying to find it desperately in truly easily 60 tabs i mean in Same. multiple windows Same. and i was like what what where is it where is it there's the telltale um, porn that moaning was uh sean stasiak with mariana and we'll talk a little bit about that story uh. on our episode next week but it's it's bad and dumb and doesn't even really warrant a deep dive I do remember Sean Stasiak, uh, he, same, that's me, right? Is that also yeah, the same me. person? Okay. I thought he was real. I remember as a, as a child, as like a teen, um, finding him very sexy. Go on. <laughs> Story for another time. Uh, um, but okay, that was his porn sound. Thank you. All right, Eric, yes. I'm glad it wasn't just me because I was like, what the, f- what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It was weird, man. Um, at this point, I am so sick of the boss man's theme song but he comes out he calls out al and i do love that titantron entrance with pepper winking yeah yeah i think that's really yeah yeah so boss man comes out he says i'm sorry he said i i had a dog that got run over by a dog i made a car boss man not always (laughs) the sharpest a dog got run over by a oh my god why don't dogs run over other dogs But it's it's time for this to end. Come to my hotel room on Thursday, and I'll give them to you. Al is like, why? But no, just give it to me now. Like, why aren't you? What is this? He's like, no, no, I need to do the right thing and wait several days to give you what I yeah. want. No, Al Snow's asking all the right questions. If you want to give me my dog, where is he right now? Yeah. Why wouldn't you do this? And by the way, when you say no tricks, no games, that's exactly what you say before you trick and game. <laughs> before there are tricks and games. Oh yeah. First of all, the two things I want to say about this one. Uh, a, a young Lisa Hankinson would have taught me better than to be like, oh, sir, you have a puppy for me? Yes, I'll go to your hotel room. Number one, okay? <laughs> Number two, I did appreciate, I, do, I, I agree with what you were saying, that Al Snow, I think, was acting at the top of his intelligence through this whole thing, which almost made it harder to get through because Bossman was also working at the top of his intelligence, which is much lower. And so <laughs> it was like... I almost did Al... a spit take on that. Because <laughs> Al Snow was like... No, okay, but or you could just give me the dog right now. There's actually no reason why you would bring him to a groomer or like do anything to like not just like have him with you right now. And if not, then where is like totally logical questions to ask? And Big Boss Man's like, time will tell, <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> because I'll give it to you later because I'm trying to do the right thing. It's like, no, oh. So then, so the following Thursday on SmackDown is when this story devolves into the cartoonish supervillainy level. Um. We're in Al Snow's hotel room, which, I mean, looks like a hotel room that I'm sure wrestlers stay in, for sure. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely had uh, big La Quinta vibes. <laughs> they, I swear to God, after this scene, I hope that they put, like, a 20 on the nightstand <laughs> after they left for the cleaning people. Because, like, fuck you, man. Um. So Al Snow comes there. 
boss man has set up a table with with a very nice place setting and has a silver tray where he has made some food and he just wants just wants out okay i'll eat the food just just taste the, ate the food okay i'm gonna eat the food um and then it's the how does it taste moment because in case you did not know in case we we're telling you this for the first time big boss man has cooked pepper and fed it to al snow which so many questions from that does is where he- do you get the dog meat <laughs> how do, you, how do you know how to butcher a dog they answer all the questions he butchered it and then uh, his friend in boston cooked it for him they he, he we got all the information we need what what was the dish by the way it looked like chinese food which i do think is racist it looked like they took it did look like a, they did, ordered like takeout lo mein and put it on a plate because I, I was see. looking at yes. it closely and i was like oh i understand i understand someone thinking that way and mm-hmm. i could definitely see uh bruce pritchard or whatever going and do it not not sorry not throwing anybody under the bus specifically let's say but uh, i could definitely see that's what happened by the way um did i forget does big boss man say something like how's it taste do you think it needs any pepper like, no. did he say that? Because that's really a missed fucking opportunity. It was. I actually was waiting for some of that, and I got none of it. No, the only thing he says. No, well, was, again, the only thing he says was, "Try not to get one of those paws stuck in your teeth." Terrible. Yeah, that is that is definitely the top of boss man's intelligence. <laughs> Do you? Hey, does it taste like there's a there was a dog collar on it once? Did you? Do do you notice anything about it? Does it does it smell like like dog urine and also uh, dog poop? <laughs> like, literally. hey, try it's to get almost... any of that dog body in your mouth. <laughs> what? <laughs> my, my dog body. It's all it's all the subtlety of that scene from the Lost Boys. Do you like the dog? Right. Owl? Oh, You're they're maggots. <laughs> so. And Al plays this as though he's someone who has just eaten his dog, his own dog, been fed his own dog, and, like, tries to throw up, and then Bossman just starts beating him up around this hotel room. They dump all the food onto the bed, which, again, just more than $20, I would say. Yeah. It's It's also disrespectful to Pepper. You know, like... If you're going to kill an animal, honor it by, like, not wasting the food. Yes, use all the parts. <laughs> yes. That's why, I mean, usually a butcher would, like, get the paws out. But, like, Bossman was like, no, 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 we have to use every part of this. So I can then say, how do those paws taste? So, clearly this has affected Al Snow. So on the September 6th episode of Raw, Al comes out in his Avatar costume, which I think this is probably the first time you're seeing that, Eric, right? Yeah, I never saw that before. I just wrote Al Snow, The Last Airbender. <laughs> That's all you need to know, uh, really. By the way, but before we before we uh, leave that hotel scene, uh, just one other thing I want to comment on. Uh, Big Boss Man, as he's beating up on Al Snow talking about how hardcore he is because he fed a dog to Al Snow is like the least hardcore thing. It's back to the tricks and games thing. Like if you have to say how hardcore you are and that nobody's more hardcore than you, everybody is more hardcore than you. I definitely learned that in high school when I was wearing a spiked choker and smoking cigarettes down by the ravine. 
<laughs> if you have to say how hardcore you are, you're actually not that hardcore. <laughs> True story. Oh, I mean, I'm sure in some permutation, but also I can't hear a single human person ever say this is hardcore and not immediately hear it in the style of Robin. Robin. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, so eventually Al just goes, what the hell am I doing? And we're wondering the same thing as well. Begins barking, runs to commentary, scribbles something on the paper while barking and runs away. And then we get on, so SmackDown on September 9th, we get more of what you were talking about, Eric. Bossman opens a hardcore open challenge, talks about he skinned the dog um, and fed it. Then he says, nobody's crazier than me. Yep. And and again, yeah, you're right. With If you are able to recognize you're crazy, you're not crazy. Yeah, it's just like real uh, your mom's new boyfriend energy. <laughs> Yeah, you're not crazy. You're By the way, crazy. yeah, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, no, 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 man. Nobody's cooler than me. Like nobody, nobody knows how to rip these waves. Like let's, why don't you, why don't you come surfing with me? You know, I'm pretty, pretty radical. Um. By the way, we also passed over. Uh, Al, Al had a a really funny line about uh, he's his pants were so tight you could put a magnet in his ass and drop him in Fort Knox and he wouldn't be able to pull out any money. I missed that one. Was that when he was as Oh yeah, as that was car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes I think he said like uh last time I was wearing these pants, you could have you could put a you could have put a magnet up my ass and dropped me in Fort Knox and I still wouldn't have drawn money. I don't know that I get that. Oh, as Well, cuz Fort Knox is gold. Right. And magnet <laughs> no okay guys okay. What? Magnet. it has nothing to do with the pants themselves it, he's talking about the gimmick drawing money as in like uh, people buying tickets to see him drawing money from the crowd uh... and the gimmick was so bad that even if you dropped him in Fort Knox with a magnet he couldn't draw money so the pants are sort of it has nothing to do with the pants <laughs> he's just... I he might have said pants. I thought it was about. I thought it was about the tightness and and. Uh, so okay, you, you that makes more sense. You think the pants would affix him to the gold, and he wouldn't be <laughs> able to stand up? No, no, no. That that like the pants were somehow inhibiting the magnetic properties <laughs> of his ass because the magnet is in his ass. Oh, uh, but that makes more sense. The pants are. <laughs> the pants I was like, have I ha- special magnetic disruptive powers. In the style of the Attitude Era, I feel like I had to be the special enforcer for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on. I can't let this go on anymore. I'm stepping in. Uh, okay. So, back to uh, Boss Man. He's got a, an open challenge for any dog lovers out there. And who is oh, it Jesus. who comes out? The British Bulldog is back, baby. I, you know what, this this whole thing made me be like, is did they do this just to bring the bulldog back? But definitely not. Uh, but yeah, he's back. Bulldog goes ham right from the start and uses the nightstick to win the title. And that's when it's weird. It's it's weird how bulldog like knew he was coming out. Like no one else knew, but bulldog knew. But somehow he didn't dress for it. Well, the sound guy knew. I mean, cue up the music. <laughs> 
well, the remi- it's well, weirdly remixed music. The the ninety four remix of uh, I don't know if that's I don't think that's God Save the Queen. What Aaron, you you know um, very popular songs that nobody knows the title of. What is it? Wait, what? You're like you're the person who knows the titles to songs that everybody just knows the the how they sound, oh, because, but never knows the title. Because I come from Fife people. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's so fife. No, it's um, no, it's like like I I remember going to see the Mel Gibson movie The Patriot and recognizing like every song on the soundtrack from just like my parents playing it on like Saturday mornings as I'm trying to sleep. And you would be like, "Mom, Dad, I'm trying to sleep. What's the title? <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of this?" All right, we're putting out that next banger. <laughs> I have more. So what's the what's the what's the uh dun 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 uh is it called like O Britannia or something like that? I you know, if you say that, I will believe it. Uh yes, that is canon at least on this show that that song will be known as O Britannia for for now on. Well, this was the remix of that um done by a young Avicii. I didn't know uh I didn't know that was one of my superpowers. I'm glad I, I'm glad I have you yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That you are definitely the guy who knows the names. Like uh, when you pull, uh, we were in like a trivia at one point, and you you were like, you're like, oh, the Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. Which I mean, people do know Green Onions, but it's like one of those songs that like it's very hard to like. There's a few of those songs that are really well known, and I always get them mixed up. But you were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's Green Onions, and I'm like, okay, man. Yeah, because at no I at no point in the song is like do 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 Green Onions do 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 do. No, they they truly do not have any lyrics at all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know the names of all of the carols. It's it's weird, man. <laughs> Carol Brady, <laughs> Carol Channing. End of list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know all the names of all the carols. I only know two. So after uh, or after Bulldog wins, um, Also comes out again. This time dressed as Leaf Cassidy, shoves a paper in Bossman's mouth, and Bulldog just gives him the title. There's so much yeah. championship gifting happening at this time. Well, tis the season. <laughs> Midian, I, I gave you this European championship to rest your eyeball on. <laughs> <laughs> but I sold my eyeball to get you this hardcore championship. Like, do, do you think they all find out that it's their birthday and they're just looking around the house, like, panicking? Like, uh, 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 how about, do you want to be European champion? Here, ha- here, have that. It's like it, 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 but they're like regifting it because like D'Lo gave it to them before. Hmm. Pass it on, pass <laughs> it on. <laughs> cha cha, pass it on. I want to know. Please, please message us if there's a crossover audience that also remembers the Fraggle song from the 1986 Christmas special, The Muppet Family Christmas. I think it's 89, but go on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that sounds right. Muppet Family Christmas with Sesame Street and Fraggles, and they're all at Fozzie Bear Mom's ha- Country House. It is so great. Ten Ten recommend. Check out our yeah, new podcast, uh, 
Hell in an Elmo. Our... Elmo and a cell phone. Uh... <laughs> I was just going to say, all of the things that we uh, individually, like, idiosyncratically like. It was 1987. <laughs> Oof. Um, so, yeah. So, if that special sounds ins- – I'm going to do a segue right now. So, if that special sounds insane to you, it's nothing compared to how insane Bossman sounded backstage. Wow. You really pulled that one off. You stuck the landing. <laughs> Feeding him the dog was a piece of cake. Was it a piece of cake? When I skinned him, he looks like a squirrel. Uh, they're both going to look like pigs when I'm done with them. Cause... He's just naming animals. Yeah, it was right? very weird. He was like a possessed speaking spell. Because <laughs> <laughs> boss man get what he want when he wants it. And whatever he says, he does. And that's a plain and simple fact on, yeah <laughs> keep on moving on on september 13th uh bulldog says that he is here to be the wwf champion Bossman has him in sights and then that's where an owl comes out Oh, where, oh, where has my boss man be? Oh, where, oh, where has he be? Uh, and then name of that song, Eric, is Oh, Where, Oh, Where Has My Little Dog Gone? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Is this the scene where... <laughs> it's not Oh, Where, Oh, Where Has My Boss Man? Is this the scene where the bulldog is wearing a suit that... I I, I don't know if he was wearing a billboard underneath it or, or <laughs> what, but it looked like something out of a cartoon that was, like, drawn to the extremes with, like, the shoulder... Like, he was just like a giant box of fabric. Like, you know how sometimes John Cena does like a morning show and you're like, woof, Bob's big and tall, huh? But like this one was truly like it was a flat, he looked like he was like a flat piece of paper almost. Like he was just like, like, like steamrolled. Like over. a Dick Tracy villain. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what the actual fuck? He looked, it looked absolutely absolutely insane and because the week before he was in the tightest jeans and like cut off sweatshirt it's like i just don't what's the aesthetic who's dressing him does that suit have any magnet dampening properties to it perhaps <laughs> <laughs> so that that's this is what al goes and describes what it will be known as the kennel from hell match where there's going to be a cage around the ring and the cell around the cage and then the dogs are going to be around it which apparently he wrote down on the paper that he shoved into boss man's mouth but then once you get all that mouth all over it it was probably hard to read wow at least we know that all this is going somewhere you know what i mean <laughs> yes it's going to be a completely a, a complete payoff that that makes us all feel really really good about everything we've watched yeah and sharks with lasers but he says pepper's family will be surrounding the cage and that's when we see a whole bunch of rottweilers out there the cutest nicest most adoptable damn rottweilers you ever (laughs) did see literally how intimidating is it to watch people holding rottweilers on a leash and just like aggressively petting them just like oh 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 relax oh you're such a good boy i love you so much i love you so much (laughs) 
And then they, they loose the Rottweilers on Boss Man, but they're like dragging them by by their collars because they're just having too much fun up there at the top of the ramp. Because the Rottweilers wants to like lay in a field of flowers, sniffing butterflies. You know what I mean? It's like these. It's a bunch of Ferdinands up in here. It's just it's really t- not intimidating or scary at all. I think. Well, I mean the. The problem with this story, and I, I think that now is, is an okay time to talk about this. The problem with the story is you can't heighten from I fed you your dog. Oh, just you wait and see, though, Aaron, if you're thinking of this, uh, uh, Boss Man's next major storyline that comes through. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Boss Man, I yes. fed you China. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as this particular story and yes pay attention to the deep dive that will be accompanying i believe uh survivor series i think so yeah i think so but um there's no there's nowhere to go from again between these two guys i fed you your dog and so now it's really in a holding pattern for too long because there were five weeks in between pay-per-views this time so that's a lot of packing the stuff in. Which leads It's to- weird though, because you know, they know how calendars work. <laughs> like they they could have uh they could have tried to like give themselves a little bit of buffer and make well, this happen. And again, I think that that it makes a lot more sense to have Pepper become like absolutely beloved by the audience. But Pepper's had again I, I I don't have the the heats aren't on um, WWE Network after fully loaded, so I can't go back and look at those. But we've gotten again like ninety seconds worth of screen time for Pepper up until now. Yeah, and just with more time to establish Pepper to the audience and have people chanting, I don't know pepper the the same way that they chanted for head before i think that this is a missed opportunity to really make this the evil despicable act that it is in the minds of of the viewer let's say that that they built this up and they found a way to build it up without immediately going to feeding al snow's dog to him until like i don't know the the week before or like a couple days before their actual match and then you know i did this like i'm gonna i I, i'm getting in your head i fucked you up like like you're like now now try having this match and then al snow changes the you know the conditions of the match and makes it into a kennel match that at least i mean look it's never going to be a good story but that at least um gives it some you know some real heft. I agree. Because otherwise he's just, what, what you know, what's Big Boss Man doing? He's just being mean to be mean? Mm-hmm. I don't really know. He, Yeah, and then it leads to a pepper on a pole match, to which I just wrote, come on. Boo. Where, boo, 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 boo. Where a doggy bag with the remains of pepper are put at the top of a pole and it's whoever secures the bag and feet touches the ground first which is some real like real setting up the finish on this one they really should have done uh like money in the bank but like you know pepper in the briefcase where you have to it it, you know 
And then they just go around calling the person Mr. Pepper in a briefcase, and they have to cash in Pepper to, to like, you know, get a challenge. It really rolls off the tongue. Mr. Pepper in a briefcase. <laughs> Mr. Pepper in a briefcase. Dr. Pepper. So, the, so no, listen, the doctor, doctor is my mother. The Uh, during this dumb match, British Bulldog comes in with the Rottweilers. Bossman, like, scales up, grabs the doggy bag, but then throws it, and Al Snow catches it and wins. Fine, whatever. He's reunited with the remains of his friend Pepper. Which leads to um, the Raw the following week, where Al is at a cemetery, um, and he's across the street. He's there to bury Pepper with some other dogs. Um, it, I think this is pulled off as only Al Snow could. It's not good, but it's not, but it's still watchable. Yeah. This is one of the more enjoyable portions of it, which I would never think I would say about a dog funeral, but here we are. Yeah. I, I, you know, as I said, it's, uh, it's like when, you know, Don Cheadle in Boogie Nights is like, yeah, I'm a cowboy now. I just, uh. I just do, uh, like, I'm just going around wearing cowboy shit, and everyone's like, yeah, all right, I don't know if I'm fully into it. Like, you know, he made a choice, like, he he saw it through, I get it, but it it's not like any of it's really interesting or fun or <laughs> or I like it. Like, I just want, I, I want him to work through it so he can get past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we go to SmackDown. It's really weird having the go to or the go home show being SmackDown after watching for for so many uh, so many episodes with Rog being it. But um, it's Hardcore Holly versus Al Snow. It did um, have a look back at that gnarly pitcher shot that Big Boss yeah. Man took that looked so good. Yeah. Backstage, boss man is taunting a dog, but I'm sure before the camera started, he was <laughs> caressing the dog. He's like, look, I'm going to say some shit to you. I don't mean it. <laughs> I do think you're a handsome boy. Who's a handsome boy? <laughs> but it ends with boss man attacking <laughs> Al with a dog chain wrapped around his fist. And then my least favorite wrestling trope where a wrestler is fed dog food. Blah, or is it... Blah. Or is it canned corned beef hash, Bobby? I don't know. I don't know either, but it really does gross me out. They don't know. No one knows the difference. The smell of dog food is really one of my least favorite things, and it is my cross to bear, yes, as a dog lover who will always have a dog. The smell of dry, wet, all the dog food is the grossest, but I think wet dog food is so fucking disgusting. The smell of it makes you want to die. And oh, so this the, is triggering to watch. And the sound of it, too. Where <laughs> you, like, get it out of the can and it, like, <laughs> into the... Gross. Hate it. But that's the end until we get to the Kennel from Hell match, which will, again, certainly completely not be an embarrassing piece of garbage that we will get to on our Unforgiven episode next week. But do you guys have anything that you want to uh, leave us with or any final thoughts on this story? I mean, I hate this, and this is probably, you know, this is held up as one of the worst examples of the Attitude Era. Like, when everyone's like, Attitude Era was so great, everyone's like, yeah, what about that Al Snow Pepper story? Everyone's like, all right, all right, all right. You know what? Okay. You know what? All right. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Everything about it. And, uh, you know, like I said, though, at least we get the Kennel from Hell match, which will redeem this whole thing and make it all worth it. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. This sucked. Um, by the way, I don't know. We, I, well, we haven't spoke. I don't know if we spoke about it on air or not. But I've actually eaten dog, not not in a revenge situation, but you know, in cultures where they serve it. I don't like, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. It's, it's like, uh, yeah, that was kind of an unforced any, error. Any kind of animal. You, you could have got that? you. Were, you were like the last few minutes. Like, do I say that I ate a dog before? I mean, I yeah. guess I say I ate yeah. a dog before. Like, right? I, mean, I don't know. Maybe this guy, maybe this stays. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Look, I I think it's a. I think the feelings that we have about eating animals could, you know, I I think it's weird to be like, well, one animal should be eaten and another shouldn't, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, no, totally. Uh, I, I understand that that perspective. So yeah, you know, it's weird. I don't know that I could, but I appreciate your ability to be open to other cultures thank you thank you i'm uh i am a a man of the world all right love us disagree want to give us what i'm calling the reverse kool-aid man where they shove a pitcher of kool-aid and smash it over your face (laughs) ha that's oh. all I can think about watching it. I was like, that's a reverse Kool-Aid man. It was a huge <laughs> picture of bright red Kool-Aid for some reason. You know, the announcers always have their picture of Kool-Aid nearby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're drinking Kool-Aid the whole time. And he smashed it. I was like, wow, he just got like Kool-Aid man into his face. Anyway, all right. That was, like, just me? All right. I really liked it. Yes. yes. Yeah, no, I especially like that it fucked his eye up. We're still in the outro, though, uh, Eric, I, so... Sorry, sorry. Uh, want to uh, saddle us with um, the thinnest of storylines for six weeks? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Pod, or tweet at us individually. Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Myths by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week for Unforgiven. Yeah, we're all going to be Unforgiven. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I don't forgive any of this. Big boss man, I'm holding a grudge. (laughs) And all this talk about 90s wrestling with this particular storyline and not a single Who Let the Dogs Out reference. We almost did it. We almost made it. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks a lot. Wait, was that the thing... Aaron, was that the thing that you were waiting all episode to say whether or not you should? Who let the dogs out?